Hi, and a big welcome to another episode of Laughter and Lunges with your hosts, Catherine and Sarah. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us today. We would love it if you could rate, follow and share the podcast so that it can reach even more ears. Here's today's episode. Got it. We're live streaming. I kept, I was just trying to write something and every time I've, I've tried that um, over the last sort of five minutes, you've popped up on a video somewhere and it stopped me from writing. <laughs> what? It doesn't. What do you it's, mean? Um, I'll explain more later. It's a really rubbish story. Can you hear Otis now barking? Barely. Like I heard oh. a little like background like, and that was it. <laughs> uh, it's obviously he knows that we're live. So he's just getting involved. He would like in on the action. He, he really would. Welcome Hi. Otis. Welcome everyone else. Hello everybody. Hi Faisal. Oh, we've got the comments open today. Yeah, I can see them today. The last, you know what, in the last live that we did, when was it? Was it on Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. I, I was like, <laughs> I felt really sad because I was looking at the side <laughs> and I didn't see any comments coming up. So I, I just, I just assumed that everybody was really busy. It was a Sunday afternoon. I was like, people have got things to do. Can't always join live, Catherine. Get over it. And like there were no comments coming up, and I was like, "Oh, I'm really sad that no one's joined us." And apparently, everybody had pretty much. Do you know what's so bad about that as well? Is just the usual because everyone was there. I think like the chat was going off the hook, and we were just like blissfully ignorant. Yeah, Faisal was like, "I thought you were ignoring me." I mean, when I did look back, he did own he did own up to owning a pair of Vibrams. So I had wondered if mm. Facebook had like flagged it as an appropriate content again so that was why we couldn't see it <laughs> again <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh how are how, you today have oh, i asked you how you, are? you i might have already asked you you did but I not on the live yes i did so not on the live i do you know what i was saying to you wasn't i i've had a good day i have had a good day it's been a productive day been restructuring how i spend my fridays and it seems to be working well for me Building that self-trust that you'll get done what you need to get done. And yeah, it's been good. How about you? I was just going to ask you before you asked me, how was your gym session? Because I saw on your Instagram stories that you put up a little video and you were in your car procrastinating getting into the gym. Did you get in? I did get in. Yay! Yeah, it was a non-negotiable for me today. Friday is usually a rest day nowadays um, based on what I just said about switching up how I spend a Friday, but I couldn't go yesterday. So I I said I was going. And yeah, it was actually it was a decent session. It was a good session. Struggled with the maths again. Whenever I use the 15 kg bar, I really struggle to work out what to put either side. It messes me up big time. And then I slid into your DMs and was like, <laughs> oh, just treat it like a 20 kg bar and then minus five. <laughs> that still doesn't help you figure out what you need to put on the bar. I realized after I said yeah. that. I appreciated the support though. That was like live coaching and I was there for it. <laughs> just want to support you, friend. <laughs> That's what I like. You're always there. Just, you know, you've got my back and I've oh. got yours. Thanks. Appreciate how, it. How has your day been, friend? It's been okay, thank you. It's been quite slow. And this afternoon I've been a bit sore with like for anyone that's like followed me for more than like five minutes or probably <laughs> know that sometimes I just get like sore ovaries and I think it's you know, it potentially is endometriosis or 
PCOS or something like that. And it just sometimes flares up and it gets a bit uncomfortable. So I've had an afternoon like that, but I've been looking forward to the live. That's kind of kept me going. So I've kind of chilled out this afternoon, did a little bit of research for the questions, wrote some notes, and now we're here. So amazing. Yeah. It's have nice you to see got your a face. hot water bottle. <laughs> Sarah, have I got a hot water bottle? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Okay, is should the question be how many hot water bottles do you have? <laughs> Just the one. Oh, Sometimes okay. I have myself sandwiched between two. <laughs> oh, the delight. Oh. The joy. What a delightful day. And we have some questions, don't we? Well, we in do fact, actually, before questions. we have before we say that we have questions, which we do have questions, it's first check-ins of this round of Empowered and Eight. It is, which is always an exciting time. And I'm loving it. I'm loving reading the check-ins. I do get really excited on check-in day, do you? Like, it mm-hmm. it feels a little bit like a mini Christmas every time. <laughs> you just never really know what you're going to, like, open. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was wondering how to word that, but I do very much look forward to it. I just love hearing how everyone's getting on whether things have gone really well or whether there's been difficulties. I just love kind of getting into that nitty gritty of what's going on. There was actually one that um, a quote from one of the check-ins that I got this week that I wanted to read out on the live. And I just realized that I've closed down that window. So I'm going to open it up whilst we're killing time chatting, which I'm doing now really badly. (laughs) Why is it saying I don't have any client check-ins? You're going to cut this out of the uh, podcast, yeah? <laughs> nah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what else can we tell you? What did you do in the gym? Um, sorry, Faisal's just said, FYI, my check-in was voice to text and I may have been a little worse for wear this morning when I did it. Sorry. Do you know what? I could tell it was voice for text. But it was still a lot better than a previous one that just had really random words and that made no sense. So, um, yeah, it was absolutely fine. And your evening last evening, last evening, is that how you say it? Last Last night. night, Yeah, looked really, really good. I haven't been in the group today yet, so I haven't seen like the, the chat. I won't ruin it for you then. I'll just just leave it there as a little gift. Looking forward to having a little look, see what Faisal's been up to. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> this is so slow. I'm being really slow today. You're I'm really so building sorry. the suspense as well. Imagine the quotes just like, thanks for your help. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So, so this quote was, I just want to share that I think this check-in has been my most reflective yet. And so... And I so value the chance to stop and think about things properly and to consider what changes I can make. Thanks for always being the listening ear and giving such incredible insights and advice. And that that is, I feel like that's how a check-in should feel in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. And it hadn't necessarily been like this person's best week or best couple of weeks. They had come up against some stumbling blocks or they maybe hadn't done things as well as they had hoped to do but they really got stuck into the check-in and like they say they've reflected and they've taken time to think about what changes they can make and that they want to make in order to feel better and to make progress towards their goals I just yeah I thought that was really a really nice way to round off their check-in so well done to this person 
definitely and I love the reflections in check-in like I think that's the really helpful part of it sometimes as well is not necessarily what we say back but the fact that you like have taken time yourselves to kind of reflect on what's happened and just writing it down kind of draws awareness to it and can help us to regain focus because a lot of the time people have already come up with I'm going to try this and I've recognized this is where things maybe didn't quite go to plan but I know what I'm going to do next week and yeah then usually it's us just adding in extra bits that maybe like we can see as well but I think that whole process of reflecting ourselves on how that time's been is so so helpful um because again we're looking to build our own self-confidence in kind of handling these things moving forward so that time to kind of stop pause and reflect on what has been and what we can do to move forwards really helps to build that like confidence as well absolutely yeah and it helps like we very much make sure that you guys are the captain of your ship and we're like the co-pilot or the captain of your plane and we're the co-pilot wait captain of the plane (laughs) pilot (laughs) oh my gosh oh we love an analogy but you know when we get it wrong we're your co-pilot we're there to help and you essentially call the shots um and I know it probably sounds from the outside looking in if you've never had coaching before if you've maybe not had the right type of coaching that oh why would I want to you know pay to be on a program where I'm making the decisions and the coach isn't making the decisions or actually this helps with long-term behavior change and the whole point of our program is that we want our clients to come out feeling empowered and like they're the they're the ones that are making like calling the shots and they feel supported in call like making those decisions Agreed. And we could sit here all day, all week, all month, all year even, and tell people what to do based on what we do. But actually, that's not going to work for everyone because everyone is coming from a different background with different responsibilities, different life stresses. So it it makes more sense for it to come from the individual than from us to just dictate what works for us. Agreed love that amazing okay shall we do some questions i think it's is it my turn to read them out it is it is coach Catherine, which is why i've not opened them up so you know you did read questions on the instagram live to be fair yesterday but i'm not including that i mean there were two so it's (laughs) it was a warm-up yeah it was a warm-up for today (laughs) um i've got them on my phone so i'm gonna look at my phone and read them um so this is actually from last week it's one that we missed from the comments section in the live um but I've put it in here so it's from Sharon um I would love you guys to delve into how to deal with feeders on maybe the next Q&A it's definitely a thing see when I first read that I thought she meant feeder sets so you know like sets before like if you're going to, to do a squat and you do like a squat 10 squats with the bar and then you add a little bit of weight and then you add a little bit of weight and then you get to your first working set originally I thought that she meant that but she doesn't um Boys it's definitely a thing within my culture to show love with food although ironically my mother is also the first to tell me I've put on fat sorry it was just uh blowing my nose there that's okay <laughs> I think that's like such a difficult thing isn't it you know as well hearing those comments too like that's that's really hard 
um especially when it comes from family i think that that is really difficult but i also understand the whole um people showing love like through food and and wanting to feed you up i think it's happens quite a lot in certain corners of my family as well where you know it's almost like um a diss if you don't take something that they've maybe cooked or um yeah that they offer you when it comes to food so it can be a really difficult thing to sort of navigate and I guess like the in terms of advice for dealing with that is really going to vary depending on who it is where you are and what kind of the situation is if it's someone that you see regularly it could be that you have a chat with them about it if you feel comfortable to do that and sort of explain you know that maybe you're you're not always hungry for it but you really appreciate the time and the effort that they've put into making that food and you're really appreciative of that but at that moment in time you you're not hungry for it and it's not something that you want to eat at that moment in time um that could be one option I mean, <laughs> did yeah. you want to jump in? I mean, I've got a few more, but I thought... No, I think that's such a good point. And I think quite often with these situations specifically, it can be it can be really hard to say no, however you phrase it, because mm. you think you're, you know, displeasing somebody or you're, I guess, like throwing their love back at them. Um I suppose like the whole food thing is kind of like a love language, isn't it? Mm. It's kind of a giving, receiving gifts or um, what's the other one? Like acts of service. Um, But I think, you know, Sarah said there that if you can acknowledge the fact that you think that you appreciate their effort and their, like the, the like the love behind it and you can say like I recognize that this is what you're doing for me and it's because you love me then I think that's kind of partly you can you've already kind of partly solved the situation there and I think it's about like people pleasing ultimately isn't it Mm -hmm. it's about the fear of displeasing the other person and I think like ultimately we're now adults and we have to express what our needs are when we were younger when we were kids we couldn't always do that or we're not always capable of doing that but now that you're an adult ultimately it is your responsibility to communicate like that you don't want something or that's not meeting your needs or like you'll save it for later or you're full whatever it is that you say to that person it's your responsibility to communicate it to them but what isn't your responsibility is how they respond to you so you can only kind of control what's on your side of the net, the net. So you imagine mm. playing a game of tennis and the other person is on the other side of the net to receive the ball. You control how you hit the ball over the net to them, but then they receive it however they receive it. Obviously there's certain ways that you can deliver it that are maybe kinder and more gentle than other ways. If you don't want to like hurt them because you obviously don't want to I assume with them, you know, being family members and loved ones, so I think, you know, in this uh, in this circumstance, what you probably don't want to be doing is creating like really firm boundaries where you're like, if you offer me food again, I'm leaving or like I'm never talking to you again. Like that's not the kind of thing I imagine that you want to be doing. And I think that if you can express your needs and acknowledge the fact that you've seen that they're showing you love and affection, then I think that's a really great place to start. 
um like some things that I would say like I wrote I wrote down like before we came on the live a list of things that like you could potentially say so you've got something like thank you I'll have some later or just thank you I really appreciate that but not now um that looks delicious but I'm stuffed or thanks for offering I feel very loved but I won't have any at the moment um I'll take it home with me I won't enjoy it as much now because I'm already full and I think like or even like keep it really simple like this is all I'm having if you don't want any more and you just stay nice and calm and I think it can feel quite uncomfortable though you're probably thinking oh my god like how would I say these certain things but I think you kind of have to get comfortable with feeling a bit uncomfortable with it if you want to change it agreed I think as well it's recognizing as you said we're doing it from a place where obviously we don't want to hurt the other person which is the difficult part but then by not standing up for your own kind of boundaries and putting them in place and what's important to you then you're actually going to end up kind of feeling uncomfortable in yourself for going against what you want to do and who's to say that your needs are less important than the other person's you know your what you value and what's important to you is important and being able to express that is difficult at times depending on that relationship as well and I think especially when it's family and parents we can often kind of slip back into certain roles that we've had you know since we were children as well and so upsetting that kind of usual status quo is going to feel uncomfortable but also I think over time people get used to us speaking up for ourselves and saying what it is that we need and as Catherine said, we can't control how they react, but we can control what we do in those situations. So focusing in on that and recognising as well that by not standing up for, for your needs, in essence, you're going to feel uncomfortable anyway because you're going against something that you want to do. So almost either way, you're going to feel uncomfortable and it's choosing which uncomfortable you want to feel. Oh, I love that, Sarah. Choosing which uncomfortable you want to feel. Oh. It's difficult, though. And I think that's it. Like, we're really acknowledging that it is difficult. I think setting boundaries and things like that is such a difficult, difficult thing. And it's something, I don't know if it does get easier. I think with certain people, it probably does because there becomes a greater understanding of each other and you know what you're willing to do or not do or eat or not eat in this sort of scenario um but it is it is hard and it is difficult and I think recognizing that it is something that is difficult is important as well like it's normal to find this this sort of thing really difficult agreed what a great answer and Faisal says coach Sarah is on fire oh stop it you (laughs) (laughs) I better put it out wait (laughs) sorry that's where I'm at today bad dad jokes apologies for anyone who's received a check-in so far (laughs) (laughs) they're just full of dad jokes oh if only um hopefully that helps um but if you need any help with any ideas or how to phrase things because I think often the delivery of it can be like exactly what you're going to say you can kind of overthink it and then you have nothing to say whatsoever but if you kind of almost practice like a script or a sentence Mm. and you have that in the back of your head you're then kind of ready and it maybe then kind of comes out a bit calmer because you feel a bit more prepared 
Yeah, I think this is something as well. It's probably going to come up a lot more over the coming sort of weeks and the next month or so because of Christmas and parties and, you know, social shenanigans that it's going to come up a little bit more. And it might be that other scenarios, it's easier for you to say no in and being curious about that as well. Is it easier when you're with work colleagues and you can you find that easier to kind of express your needs there or are there certain tactics you use there? And I think that's it. A lot of it can be situation dependent as well. Like, um, yeah. Awesome. Would you like the next question? Yeah, hit me with it. So this one's on collagen. I'm looking at the wrong screen. Um, I definitely get overwhelmed when there's like too much. Like, how many on. screens have you got open? It's just so <laughs> I have I have my laptop screen in front of me, and I have you in the middle. I have a couple of notes on one side, and then I have the um, the feed from everybody who's joined us on the other side, and then I have the like my phone screen. So I'm like, where am I? Where do I need to look? Uh, okay, next one. I know that we spoke a little bit about this yesterday on the Instagram live, um, but we'll obviously, you know, answer this question specifically um, is a little bit different. Could you please share your thoughts on collagen? I take it as I find it really helps with stronger, healthier fingernails, and I have always struggled to grow my nails. Why would why would that be the case if I'm getting adequate amino acids slash protein from other dietary sources? Or is that an indication that I am not getting enough of something in my food? Wow. Did you want to go first on this one, Catherine? Because I know you've you've been deep diving in a wormhole of collagen. <laughs> I know there could be better places to deep dive into, really. Um, but yeah, with collagen, um, so essentially, like the role of collagen is to provide structural support to different specific things in your body, whether that is skin, hair, nails, or connective tissue um like ligaments and tendons um what we see as so with collagen specifically our body can make it itself um because i don't i as far as i'm aware it's not made of um essential amino acids so we can we can synthesize it ourselves within our body by breaking down other proteins and then into amino acids and building them back up into collagen but as we age our ability to produce collagen ourselves deteriorates and other things that can impact that as well are things like drinking smoking um uv light from the sun so there's various different factors that mean as we age we produce less collagen thus taking a supplement might be beneficial to things like skin health um or um helping with things like um arthritis you know kind of helping provide the collagen to that connective tissue and joints um like we said on the live yesterday that there is there is a little bit of evidence out there to suggest that supplementing with collagen helps with um healthy skin aging um and i think it i think the the specific review or the paper that i looked at said it can help reduce um wrinkles as well or maybe just slow down the appearance of wrinkles appearing um so that there's that but i think in terms of you know you not getting these things these amino acids from your diet you probably are getting them from your diet um but if you're supplementing with collagen you're kind of just like boosting how much you're getting in and then that kind of helps your body because it's producing less anyway so it kind of helps provide a bit more of like a 
um, a source of those amino acids to actually um, create the collagen. So it might be that you supplementing with the collagen has had an impact on your nails. Um, again, like I'm not a dermatologist. I don't even know what an, a nail expert is called. Is there like a <laughs> nail doctor? Would it come into the same thing? Is it like a, a foot doctor is a podiatrist, isn't it? Maybe it is a dermatologist as well. But I mean, there's certain areas of the research that I'm not, I don't understand. I'm not familiar with. So it's hard to kind of say but it might also be that the changes that you've seen in your nail strength and health and them growing is also down to other changes as well. Um, particularly, you know, if you've been eating like a healthy diet for the last kind of year or two, and maybe it's better than it was two years ago, for example, like there's loads of different variables that can actually impact. So it's hard to know whether it's just the collagen or whether it's a multitude of different things. I know that doesn't really answer your question, but I feel like that's as as good as I can answer it. I was going to say, I think it's probably one of those things that's really difficult to test out in isolation as well, isn't it? Because of all the other lifestyle factors that can impact on like hair, skin and nails too. I think, was that fact yesterday we saw something like after age 20, that was when um, collagen levels start to decline or something, probably just thrown like a bs fact out there now so let's not go on that one i'm sure it was something it was quite sort of shocking in terms Mm -hmm. of um how young you would be um as it starts to reduce but again it's similar with sort of um like muscle mass and bone density isn't it so basically what sarah's trying to say is that none of us in the group stand a chance because (laughs) none of us are in our 20s Uh, (laughs) oh bad times (laughs) But yeah, I just think it's really interesting. It does seem to be something that's becoming more and more popular um, more recently, doesn't it? Supplementing mm. with collagen. And as I found out last night, bone broth protein powder, which I can now say and has... You've like, been practicing. Man, I have, yeah. <laughs> Dawn says, I've been taking it for years. I'm actually 97 years old. <laughs> See, it works. <laughs> um Okay. My phone Amazing. has locked and we need another question. The suspense. I'm loving it. Okay. Uh, so this is a question from check-ins. What calorie split do you think is best to manage evening overeating for a person who prefers to eat more in the second half of the day? How would you split calories between breakfast, lunch, afternoon, snack, dinner, and evening snack? Ooh. I think this is a really interesting question. For me, there's two parts to this question. There's what calorie split do you think is best to manage evening overeating? And then there's almost what calorie split do you think is best for a person who prefers to eat more in the second half of the day? Mm-hmm. Because of potentially if someone's overeating in the evening, I would be questioning whether part of the reason for that is because maybe we're not eating enough earlier on in the day. So maybe we're getting over hungry by the time the evening comes so that when we are eating, we're more prone to overeating because we're we're so hungry by that time that actually we're not recognizing that we're filling up or feeling sort of satiated by the food because we've got to that point where we're over hungry. Or it might be that we're kind of limiting types of foods earlier on in the day that we do enjoy that maybe we just save for the evening. So almost there's this kind of like end of day where oh, I can finally eat that food that I enjoy. And we end up kind of overeating on that. So potentially with someone who is 
eating um like overeating in the evening i'd be looking at maybe questioning whether we need to increase calories and kind of um what's included in meals earlier in the day as opposed to try and like limit calories earlier in the day because that could be something that's potentially impacting on that evening overeating as well so if you're saving certain foods for the evening it could even be worthwhile experimenting with adding in some of those foods to some of those earlier meals that you're having to to see then if that kind of takes them off that pedestal of having them only in the evening and actually we might find then that we enjoy those meals kind of earlier on in the day a little bit more as well yeah I think everything that you said there is really really good advice um and I think that what we sometimes see and I don't know if this is how you're feeling in particular the person who's asked this question is that we we sometimes see people saving calories for later in the day kind of as a like in in case they overeat it's like insurance right Mm -hmm. it's like at the start of the day I'm gonna make sure I eat less so that just in case I overeat on these highly palatable high calorie foods in the evening I have the space to do so like an insurance policy and that just further exacerbates the overeating often what I think you know if you haven't had the support of a coach to help you with your relationship with food then you can often attribute the you think that the overeating is the problem and that that is the thing that you need to stop but actually that's it the overeating is exacerbated by the over restriction and the under eating so like sarah says if you actually experiment with eating a bit earlier in the day you don't have to necessarily eat a lot of calories you can still eat a lot of food and it makes you feel full but it can be lower in calories if like for example that kind of helps you spread out and and eat more spread your calories out across the day and eat more frequently um and again like you've you've mentioned about having a preference of eating later in the day and what i would kind of pose a question to you to kind of think about and reflect on is is it is it truly my preference to eat later in the day is that how i enjoy eating is does it fit in with my routine better or is it because it's kind of like an insurance policy and it's kind of like I'm making sure that I, I have calories left over for the overeating in the evening? And it might be that you reflect on that question and you're like, no, it is like I do, I do prefer eating later in the day. I think sometimes it can be like a thing that you're used to doing and it can feel like the comfortable thing and it helps you feel safer. But you might need to take a step out of that safety zone because that might be the thing that's holding you back and it might be the thing that's causing the overeating in the evening. And again, we're here to help you explore these things and figure out why it is you're overeating. Um, And I know that I think one of the things that we have set you when we first set the targets was to eat regularly during the day um, and make sure that the the foods that you're eating fill you up. I think really importantly, like Sarah's already said, is can you make sure that you include some of those foods that you would normally overeat on in the evening? Can you include them at other parts in the day? And I bet you'll prove to yourself that you can still enjoy them at other parts of the day. Agreed. I think it isn't uncommon for people to eat slightly more in the evening, 
a lot of the time like our dinner might be a more sociable meal so it might be sort of higher in calories because we're having you know like a more sociable meal whether that's because we're going out or we're just eating with the family and it might fit in with us but again often that meal isn't going to be like wildly too different in terms of calorie intake probably from the rest of the day it might be a little bit more but it's not usually sort of wildly kind of like a feast almost in comparison to to the earlier meals as well so I think as Catherine said reflecting on whether that is a preference or whether it is that kind of safety net is is really important as well and yeah we can definitely support like in and around that as well like for me personally I don't really like to um give someone like an idea of how many calories to have for each meal because again your meals and what you class as a snack might be slightly different to what I class as a snack and how I like to eat for instance I might have a snack that looks more like a meal to some people at times and again that's just maybe my preference of how I prefer to eat because I recognize that that helps to keep me feeling fuller for longer so I think as long as we're eating sort of regularly throughout the day and eating adequate calories to make sure that we're feeling energized then that's going to really help us in the evening as well Mm -hmm. I agree Hannah says bloody love snacks (laughs) she does that's not a lie she plans like her day (laughs) well not her day around snacks but you know how people will plan their snacks around their meals Hannah plans her meals around her snacks (laughs) see that's what I mean completely different to yeah but that works for Hannah Chops the way that she enjoys eating um and yeah I'm I'm definitely cautious of of saying to this person who's asked the question saying this is how I spread my calories out across Mm. the day I know you're not asking us how we do that but I think it can be often easy kind of easy to forget as a coach that the way that you do things shouldn't always be the way that your clients do things as well so what I'm not going to do is be like, I have this many calories roughly. I mean, I don't track my food, but I'm not going to tell you I have this many, this many, and this many. Um, like my personal preferences and the way that I enjoy eating, I enjoy having like a larger breakfast and a larger dinner. And then my lunch is generally smaller and I'll have one snack in the day. And then that's different for everybody. Um, and like for some people, what we might suggest as the thing to try would be to not have snacks and to have nice big filling meals that you enjoy that include the foods that you enjoy. And that might be the strategy for one person that works and it might be a strategy for the other, another person and it doesn't work and they need to eat more regularly than just having the three meals spread across the day. Um, but yeah, for this person in particular, what, what are the kind of like maybe two key things that we would like them to try? I think the, the point that you made about including some of those foods that she would overeat on in the evening earlier in the day I think that would be a really good place to start yeah and I think if that feels quite frightening because it's something different again recognize that that's normal for that to feel uncomfortable because it's something different and new and you know it it then can make us feel a bit uneasy but including that with a meal as opposed to having it maybe at a snack time can be really helpful because generally we tend to sit and have a meal and we're a bit more kind of aware at that time but we're also going to be eating something that's going to fill us up and make us feel kind of at our best so including something more snack-like at that time can feel less frightening than almost having it as a snack Mm -hmm. I totally agree 
um and then working on things actually what what activities what things are you doing in the evening where are you hanging out in the house if you're in the house Mm. and kind of looking at your environment would be another thing I would suggest is going to be useful in this scenario agreed I think getting curious about maybe what the underlying triggers might be for that overeating and as Catherine sort of touched upon earlier it's not necessarily the overeating it's the things that happen in the build-up to that that impact on that overeating so I know we wrote a great post on this a few weeks ago so I'll share that um in the check-in as well so you can have a look through that because that will deep dive into these areas a little bit more and all of this is about getting curious so without that judgment there's no sort of this isn't something that's bad or wrong it's just something that we're getting curious about and anything that we try to kind of help you to make this work for you it's all an experiment and it's all useful feedback. If we try something and you feel like, oh, this maybe isn't working for me, that's absolutely fine. We try something else. And that's that's not a failure. That's feedback. That's how we learn and how we work out how best we can make this work for you. Agreed. Everybody in the comments saying, love me a snack. Now you've made <laughs> me want to snack. Uh, Sorry, guys. I didn't have it's I almost dinner a snack time today. My snack today, see, was like a tuna salad wrap. Oh, I had tuna today as well, but it was for lunch. It wasn't a snack. Amazing. With gherkins in. I blooming love gherkins. Me too. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, now I am hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good job. It's almost dinner time. Um, Okay, next question is, I think this might be the last question, unless anybody has one for the live or anything that's kind of... I was going to say truncated off of any of those questions wow. we've already. Check Does that you make out. Sense? Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Definitely ready for the weekend. Um, <laughs> is it okay to give up on a goal for the time being if you realize it's not a good time? Oh, I love this question as well. Such a good question. So much to unpack with this one as well. I love a nice juicy question and there've been very juicy questions today. <laughs> so much to unpack. So much juice. In the uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think with this one, I'm gonna say, yeah, like is my first answer to this. Like, my first answer to this, yeah, like it's always okay to give up on a goal if you feel that it no longer serves you. Like, if you feel that actually this particular goal doesn't align with my values and what is important to me, then absolutely, you haven't got to keep going down that path like if you started out on a car journey and you realized you were going the wrong way like hopefully you're not going to carry on down that path you're going to kind of turn back or go down a different route to make sure that you're on kind of the path that you want to be on and that's exactly the same with goals when it comes to like your health your fitness or just any goals that you have in life we can always change course that's absolutely fine I guess like the other part of this question is the as to whether it's a good time. So I've now got Otis slurping water behind me. Can't hear. <laughs> Which, can you not? Like it's no. so loud. And I bet it's going to be like a really long one. Did you want to pick this bit up? Because that's going to really put me off. Yeah, sure. I, I honestly can't hear him when you're talking. It's fine. Um, yeah, I I agree with you as well. I think it's absolutely fine if a goal or the journey towards that goal is no no longer serving you and truly isn't right for you at the time 
I think it's fine to put it to one side and maybe revisit it later or to leave it behind indefinitely. But it's difficult, isn't it? Because we see so much messaging on social media and in books and movies about never give up, you know, these like motivational songs with like lyrics behind them that are like, it's supposed to be like gym motivation. If you give up, don't give up on your goals, blah, blah, blah. Like it's, we're so used to seeing giving up as like a failure Mm. or a personal failure. And I don't think that that is definitely not always the case. Um, Not at all. And I think that you kind of alluded to the sunk cost fallacy there as well, you know, setting out on a car journey and maybe you're halfway to your destination. And then, I don't know, you realize that you didn't want to go there anymore, anymore, but you're already halfway there and, you know, you've already used up this much fuel and this much time. So you may as well just continue and go all the way or you could turn around and it's a sunk cost to just continue Um Whereas like turning around and just going back would be probably the better option um, in that scenario. But yeah, if it's going to be like a sunk cost, then like don't almost waste like more time and energy on it if you realize it's not something that you want just now. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it's absolutely fine to change our minds. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I think as you said, it it isn't a personal failure to change your mind. If anything, it can be a brave thing to stand up and say, actually, this isn't working for me and I don't want to do this anymore. Like that's brave because that's a choice that's your me- that you're making to stand up and then decide to put that time and energy into something that is more important to you as well. And yeah, I think that's a really sort of brave thing to do a lot of the time. I think the other thing that I was going to allude to before Otis decided to slurp the whole house's water supplies behind me was that you mentioned about like if you realize it's not a good time so it sounds like the goal might potentially be something that is still important to you but you're feeling that the timing might not be right and again that that can be really true that potentially something's come up and actually it doesn't feel like the right time now to pursue that because maybe other things are more important and you need to place your time and energy into that. And that's absolutely fine. I think I would also just question if now isn't a good time and it is more about timing as opposed to anything else, then when will be a good time? What is it that will have to have changed for it to be a good time are we waiting for a time in the future where there's not a lot of things going on where maybe we're not so busy or is there actually something really specific that's happening at the moment that actually this is going to be an added stress but getting curious again about what it is that's making this not the right time and what we're hoping to happen to make it the right time because if we know what that is that we're waiting for, is that what we're waiting for? If that makes sense. Something that is going to happen or is it something that again is kind of this golden egg in the future that might never materialize as well. And if that's the case, then when, when are we going to work towards this goal? Mm-hmm. It's like a case of, is this, is this procrastination? Is this a way for me to procrastinate? Um Another thing I think that can be useful because as coaches, you have come to us because you 
you have a goal, there's something that you want to achieve, achieve, and you come to us and we're here to help you. So what I would also question, because from this question, I'm not sure which, you know, which of your goals it is that mm-hmm. you're wanting to put on the back burner or kind of stop working towards at the minute. We, we have an obligation to help you. And what we don't want to do is if, I don't know, very suddenly short term for the last kind of couple of days it's been really hard for you and it's made you feel like giving up because you've you've come across a couple of things have been difficult it's been a difficult week maybe you've not got much sleep maybe it's that time of the month and your hormones are saying to like screaming at you to give up with something then can you sit on that for a little bit longer and decide when you feel a bit better what course of action you're going to take whether that is continuing or whether that is giving up for the time being or giving up completely. I think that is another important kind of thing to recognize. You know, we're not here to be like, oh yeah, it's totally fine. Give up. That's, that's, that's all good. You know, it's the striking the balance of do you, is this truly what you want to do? Or actually are you just having a really hard time at the minute Mm. and you need to get through this little bit of a dip and you'll come out the other side of it. So I think that's also like important to consider. Such a good point. And I think that's where coaching is really invaluable because either of those outcomes or any outcome that it could be we're here to support you through that in the best way that we can because we only want the best for you and we want to see you succeed in the things that you want to succeed in those things that are important to you are also hella important to us as well yeah hella important not just important hella Hella important (laughs) (laughs) and that's all of our questions I know. Do you know what? It's been a very food-oriented um, chat in the in the group today. Dawn's having pizza, which has made me well gel, to be fair. Um, and Cara's doing some more baking. And then Sharon's just saying baby bell for the win. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's in relation to. Was that in relation to the lunch chat? I don't know. I I still haven't tried a baby bell. Maybe next week I'll do it. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. I'm so glad that I could see the comments this week. Thanks. It was delightful to see you all in the comments and see you as well, Catherine, Kerr Fitness. And yourself, Sarah Cannon Coaching. Have a delightful evening and weekend, everyone. Yeah, have a lovely weekend. 